morning, everyone. Come on, let's put our hands together and give the Lord a hand clap praise. I, I don't know if it was said or not, but um, probably was. But I want to say happy anniversary to Deacon and Minister Brown. That's Billy and Tiana Brown. Today is the anniversary, right? And I think it was, what, 17? Seven, 17 years ago. That's wonderful. That's a blessing. Most marriages don't last. Uh, some don't. More than about 30 days. Amen. But marriage is beautiful. Marriage is beautiful. It's, it's hard work. You have to work at it. But it's beautiful. It's ordained by God. And that's what's so beautiful about it. Well, listen, this morning my assignment, have a word for you all. And if you would turn your Bible, stand to your feet, to John chapter 15, even though you see it, project it, always get in the habit of opening up your Bibles. Father, now we're coming in this hour. Bless us in your word. Pray our ears are anointed that we may hear this morning what the Spirit is speaking to us. Speak to us this morning, Spirit of God. Lift our heads up. Bless our spirits in your word. In Jesus' name. Come on, just lift your hands over the building. Lord, we lift up holy hands unto you. Bless everywhere. Bless those that are here. Bless those that are watching. Lord, we have kept the faith. And we'll walk it according to your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This morning I want to talk to you about. Because this is what I want you all to know about you. We are chosen. And ordained. To bear fruit. We are chosen and ordained to bear fruit. Now I want you to make it personal and say, I've been chosen and ordained to bear fruit. Now in these passages of scriptures, we're going to learn a lot about uh, ourselves and what Jesus is saying. Because the question is, what is the key to bearing fruit as a Christian? It is not a choice if we bear fruit or not. It is a command that we bear fruit. And in these scriptures, you're going to learn that we are not the servant of Jesus Christ. But we are servants one to another. And you're going to find out. John chapter 15, verse 14 and 16. But before we go there, before we go there, go to, uh, well, let's go and go there. John chapter 15, verse 14 uh, through 16. Look what Jesus said. He says, you are my friends. If you do whatsoever I command you. So if you don't do what he command us, then we're not his friends. Say, you're my friends. In this passage, we're to learn that a lot of us may not be the friend of Christ. It's just truth. The truth will set you free. 
But because the truth set you free, it does not mean that you don't have an opportunity to develop that relationship with Christ. Ye are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Hint, remember, I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you what? Friends. For all things that I have heard of my father, I have made known unto you. No secrets. Everything I've heard of my father, because you are my friend, you are my friend, because you do what I've commanded you to do. Because of all of that, everything that I've heard of my father, I have released it unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And, what? Ordained you. That what? Ye should go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask. Now here's the promise. Of the Father in my name he may give it to you. You may be seated. Did y'all catch? That's, all, that's, a, that's a message right there. I can just really stop right there. And don't have to say another word. Because it is self explaining to us. That we are friends of Christ only if we do what he commands us to do. Now watch this. Jesus would never command us to do something that he have not empowered us or ordained us to do. He said, I, I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my father. If you want to know everything that Jesus have heard of his father, look what he tell his disciples here. He say, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll make them known to you. That's why I often tell you all is the right relationship with God. We hear too many voices. You need, and, and, and that's because people are moving to too many voices is because, number one, according to the scripture, if you're not doing what the scripture is doing, then you're not his friend. And if you're not his friend, he's not obligated to make known to you of the things that have heard from the Father. If you're still in the servitude of your mind, then you're not the friend of Jesus. He said, for all things that I've heard, in other words, I'm not going to hold nothing back. Everything that I've heard of my father, I'm going to make known to you. And then he says, you did not choose me. I chose you. Chose each of us for a purpose. And the purpose is to address God's plan and God's will. And he says, and you've been ordained. That you should go forth and bring fruit. Not ordained to sing and all of that. He said, but to go bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That means you don't bring him just anything. And then look at the promise. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name. So if you want to receive from God, you have to do something. Oftentimes I used to always say, if you want something that you never had, you have to be willing to do something that you never done. And see, in, 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 in this walk with Christ, we, we think that it's, you know, stand up Deacon Brown. We, we want to look like this. Turn around where they can see you. We want to look like this. And we want to get it all. But, but there are chances you have to cry. There are chances you got to get dirty. You have to get sweaty. 
You have to do all of that. You have to be talked about, laughed at. You know, most people uh, uh, use an excuse and say, well, how can I bring Jesus some fruit? People don't want to hear what I have to say. I'm not a minister. He didn't address ministers. He was telling his disciples, you are my friend if you do what I command you to do. And you've been ordained. So the question is, if we've been chosen ordained, then what are we doing? Other than just having pity parties or just having good times, but there is no, we have to have some evidence behind what we're doing. Because the book of Luke says, and these signs shall what? Follow them that believe. Now, what is the key to bearing fruit as a Christian? In the natural world, look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 11 and 12. In the natural world, fruit is the result of a healthy plant producing what it was designed to produce. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 11 and 12, and God said, let the earth bring forth what? Grass. The herbs yielding seeds and the fruit trees yielding fruit after his kind. Whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. God spoke it and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herbs yielding seed after his kind and the tree yielding fruit who, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Notice in the book of Genesis it talks about all the seeds that brought forth fruit according to the seed. We have to be fruitful. See, in the Bible, the word fruit is often used to describe a person's outward actions that results from the condition of the heart. So when you look at your outer actions, it shows the condition of your heart. Because what's in the heart is revealed on the outside. And see, this, this is gut-riching things. This, this is, you see, these are messages. We shout for the wrong things. We, we shout and get happy and excited and dance. Brother lot when they say, God say you're going to get a new car, new house. You're going to be prosperous. You're going to get a lot of money. We get happy, you know. But see, the Bible says, what about the other things? Money comes and goes. Jesus said, if you do this, then whatever you ask the Father, he'll give it to you. That's just like someone want to go and collect a paycheck without working. Good fruit is that which is produced by the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and 23 gives us a starting place. Because this is what I tell people all the time. Now you're understanding uh, how, how I think and, and according to the scripture. Is that I don't care how much a, a person dance, sing, shout, fall out, run and all of that speak in tongues. It absolutely means nothing unless you look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 and 23. The starting place, the fruit of his spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruit of the spirit. This is what we should be producing out of our life. In other words, what are you saying, Bishop? I'm saying it is time for us, God is calling us to quit living after our flesh. That's where we get in trouble at. 
That's where we lose it at. That's where the devil defeat us at. Is that we're living, we're walking in our flesh. It's time for us, if we proclaim, raise your hand, if you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. It's time to start allowing him to lead you. Because the more we allow the Holy Spirit free reign in our lives, the more this fruit is evident. Have to be. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, he says, Then I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I mean, you're walking in the Spirit, when they cut you off, you don't have to cuss them out. When they make you mad, you don't have to fight them. You can be saying, oh, thank you, Jesus, I'm in the spirit. Or you can be looking at someone and say, you ought to thank the Lord, I'm walking in the spirit right now. Children get bad, y'all ought to thank Jesus, I'm walking in the spirit. Other than that, I'll slap you in the next week. Even the children go to praise and thank you, Jesus, mom is walking in the spirit. That's something for you, children. That's a little plus for you when you want to act up. Say, mom, are you walking in the spirit today? <laughs> And if mama say, yes, I'm walking in the spirit, baby, why? Okay, because I'm getting ready to act up. Now, if mama say, don't make me lose my, my uh, what they call my anointing, then you know to go sit down and be quiet. I'll, I'll address that one another time. So notice also in verse 25, Galatians 5 and 25, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. See, these are conditions that he put down for us. People that, and I see people make this mistake all the time. They'll look at somebody, uh, a deacon there, just, just get up and just start jumping like you're dancing or running, you know. Uh, 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 Stefan, just take off running. Just, yeah, just take off running down the aisles, you know. Keep on going, Deacon Darrell. Just keep on going, you know. And when we see stuff like that, first thing people say, ooh, they're in the spirit. Boy, they're in the spirit. The spirit is high, you know. And I'm like, really? Really, so we narrowed the thank you. We narrowed the spirit of jumping down, but there's no fruit. Remember what he said in Galatians 5 and 22: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And let me tell you something: these are fruits that should be and can be present in our life, but we have to start living it. That's where your peace come from. Jesus told his followers, I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. That was John 15 and 16. Righteous fruit has eternal benefits. People, let me submit this to you. When this life is over with, there are benefits. When we're enter in with Christ. And see, that's why I tell people, I, I'm, I, I have benefits. When I make it into the kingdom of God with Jesus, I have benefits. There's a crown waiting for us. But you have to get it together. But we listen to all of these voices, everything that sounds good. Let me share this with you. Everything that sounds good don't mean it's good. See, because we miss one thing. The Bible says to, that you have to look at what they're doing and then look at what the word of God says. You have to test the spirit by the spirit. And what does that mean? By the word of God. To see if it's of God. Jesus told us clearly that we must do to bear good fruit. 
And he said, this is how you do it. Abide in me. Look at John 15, 4 and 5. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. You cannot get in and out of Christ. Do y'all see what's going on around us? People are dying. If you understand the process, and, and hopefully I'm going to try to get to it, is that a, a, a lot of people, Deacon there, is not going to have a choice. The way you get better fruit, you have to prune the vine. And what are you pruning that part? You know how people do with flowers? That part that's yellow, that's getting ready to die brown. You prune it. You cut it off. And watch this. When you cut it off, you're not uprooting it. You're just cutting that part that's not producing. And after a while, guess what? That part you cut off, it, it, it grows again. There's a lot of people going to be cut off from the body of Christ that is not producing fruit. That's just the word. I didn't make this stuff up. This is in the word. If I were you, I would become more fruitful and more trusting in God in the process because you don't want God to cut you off. You see what he did to the fig tree. It wasn't bearing fruit. He cursed it and it died. He said no one would ever eat of this tree again. Somebody ought to shout, Lord, don't cut me off. He says, well, okay, well, you better do something. I am the vine, you are the branches. Who who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15, 4 and 5. You can't do nothing. A branch must stay firmly attached to the trunk to stay alive. As disciples of Christ, we must stay firmly connected to him to remain spiritually productive. And that's what it's about. It's not about shouting and, 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 and having excitement. We're just exciting ourselves. And you know, looking around, you know, somebody help me and just look around and say, what are you shouting for? In fact, to be honest, let me do a correction here. Uh, uh, when, when I say shout, somebody stand up and start shouting. Shout. See, I'm glad that happened because only one person got it right was the person in the back that said, Ooh, oh, glory. Because, and I'm glad you did that, Deacon, because when he stood up and went to shouting, that's what we tell people that was shouting is. No, that's dancing. Yeah. Shouting is using your vocal cords now. Shout, thank you, Lord. Thank now, when we're talking, that's it. When we say shouting, the Bible means you screaming out from the top of your lungs. Shout, thank you, Lord. See, it's a difference. You, see, if we learn to do what the Bible says, when he says shout it out, that means you give it out. Thank you, Jesus. That's shouting. And I know y'all can shout because I mean, you, 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 if you don't have children, you, you done shouted at somebody's little bad child. Boy, did I tell you to sit down. Y'all know how you get. You get all off in it. You just, you, you, you turn the matrix on them. Everything goes slow. I told you. Go give me that belt. Y'all know how to shout. That's what you do in the common. Forget about people thinking you're crazy. It's about you and your God. 
Because most people only shout when they say, shout three times, thank you, Jesus, you're going to get $5,000 in your bank. Then you'll be up there just shouting and screaming, and your bank account is still in the red. I'm just being honest. Because you all need to be set free. You know the truth. Don't let nobody do like a puppet, have you doing stuff. Get your relationship with God. Now watch this. A branch again must stay firmly attached to the trunk to stay alive. And as disciples of Christ, that's where we're productive. A branch draws strength, nourishment, protection, and energy from the vine. If it is broken off, it quickly dies and becomes unfruitful. And a lot of people have been broken off. Even this pandemic has caused a lot of people to be broken off. You know, God does not give us a, a break. What if we, if God would take a break from us? Have y'all ever thought about that? Because God is life. So what if God take a break from us? We, we, when we neglect our spiritual life, ignore the word of God, skimp on prayer, withhold areas of our life from the scrutiny of the Holy Spirit, we are like a branch broken off the vine. Our lives become fruitless. We need daily surrender, daily communication, and daily, sometimes hourly repentance and connection with the Holy Spirit in order to walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So we need him daily. Because the Bible says the devil come to kill, steal, and destroy. Do you actually think Satan or demons take a break to say, oh, this, this is the weekend. God say this is the Sabbath, so I'm just going to take a break and do no work. No, they work seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, 66 in leap year, because he don't love you and he do not care. But we take a break from the God who loved us, who loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. Let me tell you something. Can't nobody, Brother Lot, separate me from the love of God. I don't care how mad you make me, I'm not going nowhere. I don't care how much you talk about me, Deacon Omar, I'm staying put. I'm not going nowhere. Slap me, I'm still not going nowhere. Slap me again, we're going to tear up the building. <laughs> they missed that one, Deacon Jock. So the thing about it is, you have to be, because let me tell you something. You should not be attending in this service because of somebody else. What, 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 what? When me and my wife walk through them doors, it's not about us. It's not about her. So I'm, a, you know, looking all fly and beautiful and fine and, and all that. And I'm looking all handsome, you know, and all that. But when I get in here, it's not about that. It's about Christ and me because I need him. I'm like David. Lord, you can take everything but not the Holy Spirit. So staying intimately connected 
to the true vine is the only way to bear fruit in old age and you never get too old to bear fruit look at Psalms 92 and 14 the writer says they shall still bring forth fruit in old age they shall be fat and flourishing that means to death you can still bear fruit somebody shout amen, amen. To run and not grow weary, Isaiah 40 and 31. And not to grow weary and well done, Galatians 6 and 9. Tells us, don't, don't you grow weary. And let us not be weary and well done, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Somebody shout due season, that's a whole nother message. Encourage yourself and just say, I have a due season coming. See, because whenever a seed is planted, it will eventually yield the fruit if you do what you're supposed to do. Now, you just can't throw a seed in the ground and then walk away from it. You have to water it. And if you want to identify it, you got to keep the weeds from around it. You have to make sure it has good soil. And then you see those things. One counterfeit to bearing good fruit is pretense. And we have a lot of fake fruit because people pretend. They say, fake it till you make it. You know, and they'll rather shout and, and scream and dance and, and everybody think they just got a blessing. That's when you need to open up your mouth and say, Lord, I'm broke, but I'm still praising you. Glory to God. Because you're still good. I'm broke, but I am still eating bread and drinking water. Grandma say, if you don't have but a piece of bread, you ought to thank the Lord. You know, you ought to be thanking God, you know. May not have no money in my pocket, but Lord, my bills is paid. Oh, glory. That's where you go, you know. Not, not, not when they say, you're going to get 5000 This is your breakthrough. Bring your bills and sow your money, and you're going to get all of your bills paid. Your bills are still not paid. The Bible say, pay them. Oh, no man, nothing. Pay them. Don't look for a quick way out. Don't look for it. I, I tried that. It don't work. I wrote the president, President Barack Obama. I said, President Obama, I need your help. Can you contact the IRS and tell them to release me from this? I sent the letter. And then I got, I got a, a letter, a letter from... From the IRS, say if you have any dispute that you'd like to take care of, call us. You know, <laughs> from the president. <laughs> so it don't work. So I had to realize, depend on God, do what I need to do. And you know what? Just clap your hands and say thank you, Jesus, because God made a way, and we was able to pay them off. So I learned: don't try to take a quick fix. Don't. We have to quit all this pretending. We can become experts at the routines, the lingo, and acting Christians while experiencing no real power and bearing no eternal fruit. We have to be real. Somebody shout, be real. Be real. You know, one thing I can't handle is fake people. You know, fake people. Walking around looking like they platinum. Man, let me hold a dollar. Oh, I ain't got it right now. I 
I mean, y'all, we got to get it together. We're living in these days that we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Did y'all hear the report? They say that they don't know what they're going to do. They're asking people, bring your coins because we have no coins. So a lot of people are saying they can't take cash now, only credit cards because of no coins. This is why we need to get our relationship with God because we don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. It, 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 it may affect you. I'm, I'm almost done here, y'all. Just bear with me. I'm almost done. So our hearts remain self-centered, angry, and joyless, even while we go through the motions of serving God. That's the saddest way to be. I tell people all the time, don't look at the smile on the faces because we know how to pretend. I have to fake it through this. I don't want no one to know that something is going on. So we'll fake it. And then when it's over with, the real us come out. So we can easily slip into the sin of the Pharisees of Jesus' day in judging ourselves by how we think we appear to others and neglecting the secret place of our heart where all good fruit germinate. That's why the Bible says you have to judge yourself. When you're faking, you're trying to cover it up. That secret place. That secret place is where the Holy Spirit work at. And see, we're still thinking that we're going to make it in. That's why I tell people, I don't, listen, that go for me, that go for Bishop Jakes, Joel Osteen, anybody that preaches the word of God, I don't care who it is. Don't you get hung up on them thinking you're going to make it in heaven because you are attached to them. Absolutely not. The Bible say only if you are, I don't care how good they preach, how educated they are, how, how they can dialect or orate real good. It doesn't fancy words. None of that makes no difference. If you attach to them and you don't know the conditions of their heart and then they end up in hell, guess where you're going to be? Right in hell with them. So what you need to do is detach yourselves and then attach yourself to Jesus. Paul even told the church, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. You have to be attached to Christ. That's why when people, I tell people when they ask, well, what church you belong to? What denomination are you? I tell them I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Christ. What church you belong to? The church that Christ died for. Now if you want to know where I serve at, you know, worship at, over there at Heart of Faith Worship Center. But you have to be attached to Christ. Amen. You know, because the Bible says we all have to work out our own soul salvation with fear and trembling. The scripture says, search the scriptures daily for in them you think that you have everlasting life. Come in the church, as we said, singing in the choir and all that does not guarantee you a place in heaven in eternity. You have to be attached to Jesus. He said, I'm coming back for my church without a spot or wrinkle. Now listen, listen, listen. How, how does you get that? You, with, the, with the fruit of the Spirit. See, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have challenges. It doesn't mean that you're not going to slip and sin. Sometimes I say, oops, Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I stepped out of the Spirit on that one. And let me tell you something. It is no accident. You know why? Because really... Y'all know, I don't know. I'm going to say it for myself. You, you, you have that split second to make, to make a choice. You know, 
and, and, and you be telling yourself, don't, don't go there, don't go there. You hear the Spirit of God telling you, don't go there. Your, your spirit is telling you, don't get there, but your flesh say, go there. God, let them know you're a man. And then there you are. Don't let this necktie suit fool you. Y'all know what that means, right? That's them fighting words. Girl, don't let these high heels and tamarind fool you. You know, until I always do this, until the first lick, uh, 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 Brother Alice, it, they slap in your glasses, go like this, and you go, who hit me? <laughs> who hit me? <laughs> they'll, they'll catch that one later. That's one of the ones you just take off running. So now watch this. And often we don't realize that we are living fruitless lives. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 and 16, he says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God, God abide it forever. Hey, somebody ought to shout amen. amen. Our works will be tested by fire using a different metaphor than fruit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 12 through 14 says, Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stumble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he had built thereupon he shall receive a reward. So we have to understand it's going to be tried. Your work is going to be tried. Peter said that your faith is going to be tried to see if it's genuine or not. So Mama Davis, all of us is going to be through the trial points. God is the judge even of our thoughts and motivations. All will be brought to the light when we stand before him in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 and 13 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of slender of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. That's why I tell people we forget about our thoughts and our heart. Not here, but here. So think the next time before you're thinking evil of someone. Think the next time before you're cursing that person out. Think the next time before you're thinking evil because the Bible says speak evil of no man. So you need to think that the spirit of God, he, he, he knows the intents of our heart. Neither is, any there, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him which whom we have to do. So God knows everything about us. God know what you're thinking right now. Some of you thinking, Bishop, it's time to go. Oh, God, I'd be so glad when he, my favorite show is on. Oh, I'm hungry. God knows the heart. And that's what the devil wants you. Right now, do you, uh, let me share something with you. Don't be afraid. I'm going to make this statement. Don't be afraid. But watch this. The devil is in this building right now. Demons are present right now. Oh, 
now somebody don't understand the word first thing they say oh i ain't going to that church they got devils over there well you need to stay out of everywhere even your house because you know what Jesus say? Jesus say, as soon as the word, he say, guard your hearts because as soon as the word is of God is being spoken, the devil is there to steal it quickly. Because it is not your car. It is not your car that he wants. It is not your house. It is not your bank. In fact, the bank is taking your money every, 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 every quarter. So the thing about it is, what is it he want? He want the most precious thing that God gave you, that's life. He wants your mind, he wants your heart. That's what he wants. That's what God judges our heart. Not just what we have done, but our heart. A lot of people may say, well, I never done nothing wrong. But what about your thoughts? We forget about the judging of the heart. So God is the judge of our thoughts. A poor widow in one room. Hut can hear as much fruit, can bring as much fruit as a televangelist leading giant crusades if she surrendered to God and everything and using all he has given her for his glory. You don't need mega uh, ministries. You don't, you don't need to be a part of mega. Oh it's all about you. God is not going to look and say, you know what, it was 5,000 of y'all, all of y'all come in. No, every last person God is going to judge to say, where the fruit I told you to bear? Where the fruit? But Lord, I, 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 I was at Heart of Faith. We had 5,000 members. Again, what fruit? I said, bear fruit. You know, and that's what it's all about. Do you notice when, I don't know if any of y'all ever, you know, know anything about gardening, but because you plant it all and you see it all doesn't mean it's all good. Some of it is not fit. You just got to get rid of it. And this is why you, I, I love to use this, this analogy. You can take an ivory and you can cut an ivory from the root. You can just cut a piece of the ivory. And as long as that ivory is on the ground and dirt or what have you and it's getting water, it's going to keep growing. But that's not the case with us in Christ. Once we are cut off from Christ, we are dead. Because we're not bringing no fruit. And that's what God is doing. And I don't have to make you think I'm prophesying. I'm telling you prophecy in his word is that if we're not fruitful, we have to have fruitful lives. We forget the part where he say, you don't own yourself no more. You've been bought and paid for for a price. God gave his only begotten son. Jesus gave his life for us. So as fruit is unique, stand to your feet please. To each tree, our fruit is unique to us. God knows what he has entrusted to each of us and what he expects us to do. In Luke chapter 12 and verse 48, he tells us these words. But he that knew not 
and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes for unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required and to whom men have committed much of him will they ask for more so the more that God gives and he have given us I'm not talking about things he have given us Jesus Christ so once we have accepted Jesus Christ as our savior he, he had the right to expect for our lives to be fruitful Come on now. Come on, parents. Don't, don't y'all don't y'all do that. Remember what you told your children. Listen, I have a right for you to respect me. I have a right for you to go to school and get a good education. Why? It's because I get up every day and go to work to make sure you have a house, you have clothes, you have food. The least you can do, what we tell them, is get your education and make right choices. So you don't think that God has the same right to say that I've given you eternal life I've given my son for you now all I ask that you be fruitful and the first thing he tells us love that's why you ought to start off with love we have enough mean and hatred hearted people in this world the least the church can do is show love is show love our responsibility before God is to be faithful with little so that he can trust us with much. If you can't be faithful with little, then God can't trust us with much. We'll give you an opportunity if someone want to come.